Hi folks, Chocolate Yoda here, spelled Y-O-D-D-A-H, because film studios are litigious. And um, I'm here today to talk about something that I just saw on television. It's kind of interesting. I was watching this uh, podcast called Abba and Preach. Abba is spelled A-B-A. It's one of my favorite podcasts, just two guys uh, reacting to different things on social media and around the world. They remind me of me and my best friend and, I guess, younger versions of that. But the, uh, the topic was about uh, identifying race. They had a group of guys, I think like seven guys, and they were all blindfolded, and six of them were black men, and one of them was a white man. And uh, their job was to try to figure out who was white. And what's interesting is that the, the group was divided. And it was basically because they all sounded the same. But one of the black men uh, was raised in the suburbs. So his experiences, based on socioeconomics, were different than other people's experiences. And so the crowd was confused because since they all sounded alike and they didn't have the visual to go by, they couldn't figure out who was white. And some of them were very certain that the black guy that was raised in the suburbs was white. Just because when you take away the visual identity, people relate to their surroundings and similar experiences. This all reminded me of an interaction that I had with a female friend of mine, who's actually no longer a friend. And this isn't what ended the friendship, but this is one of the things that definitely put a chip in it. Um, we were talking one time, and she knew, at least I had told her, I can't say what she knew, I can say that I had told her about my experiences growing up with racism, because um, I won't go into the long history, but the uh, Reader's Digest version is that when I was nine years old, I moved from a multicultural environment, which I had been used to, to an almost all-white environment. In fact, in my high school yearbook, as I like to joke, I am the uh, lone pepper in a sea of salt. And, you know, I experienced racism violently and in very ugly ways uh, aside from that. So th these were things that I informed her of as, as we were developing our friendship. But for some reason, one day we were talking on the phone and she said, you want to be white. And for the life of me, I can't imagine how she came to that conclusion especially based on everything that I had told her, it's like, this is the only person in my life that ever said that to me. And I don't know if anybody ever thought it, but nobody ever said that to me. And it was really, it was really odd. And it, it actually upset me because I thought, well, one, you have obviously not been paying attention to the things that I've said to you, but two, like, I would, I would be really upset if I woke up white tomorrow. All right. And that's partially a dig against 
some white folks, you know, the the worst representatives of white people, but it's really just about that I love my skin tone. And I know some people get uncomfortable if you boast about something and they want you to be humble, but I don't know. I think humility is for people that aren't good at anything, but that's another story. <laughs> um the fact is is that I love my skin color. Um, I don't think I've always felt this way. I don't, I, I never really had much of an opinion about my skin color until I was older. And one of the things that, uh, I think about as we're uh, getting close to summer is that there are going to be people that pay, and I'm talking about white people, of course, they're going to pay to go to a place to darken their skin. And what's ironic is that some of these people that do that hate black people, but they love that beautiful brown skin tone that we have, whether it's light skin black or real dark, dark Miles Davis, Wesley Snipes kind of black. Um, I, I think that people that have no melanin in their skin sometimes are jealous of, of that. And I understand it. Black skin is beautiful in, in all its various shades. But yeah, it just, uh, the whole identity thing uh, just triggered a memory that I haven't thought of in a long time, because this was, this happened, I think, back in like 2009, 2010, around there. And um, it was just weird. It was weird to, to hear someone say that to me. And for the record, no matter how I sound, and I know I sound like a weatherman, um, and by the way, you know, the way I sound is kind of funny too, because I'm the only one in my family that I know of that doesn't have a Spanish accent. And for those of you who don't know, I was born in the Dominican Republic. And I came here when I was two. And some people automatically say, oh, well, of course, you, you know, you came here young. And so you don't have that accent. But I was raised among people that had Spanish accents and I have cousins that were born in America way after me, and they have Spanish accents. So it's one of those life's mysteries that I'll probably never be able to figure out. The closest thing that I can think of is that I watched a lot of American television, and so probably I picked up the accent from that. You know, and a lot of people on TV sort of try to remove their dialect. You know, they speak uh, an, an essentially nondescript version of English. So I'm good. I'm good with the fact that I sound like a weatherman. I'm okay with that. I still wake up with beautiful brown skin every day, and I'm happy about that too. So that's food for thought. Peace, love, and granola. Talk to you soon.